see, dude. You like that? You like that muscle flex there? I had to have bigger arms than you in that picture. <laughs> nice. yeah, dude, I haven't got it yet. You have? Oh, it's coming oh, your way. It's coming there your way. There. See, when you're in politics, you can't look too muscular. That's that's threatening. You don't want to be too threatening. <laughs> see, I've, I've already learned a lot about politics in the first five minutes that you've been in this office. So, hey, yeah. It's or should I say, recording studio? I know. Yeah, we're official in here. We are official, and we are recording. So I have Joey Russo here. Joey is local to Greenville. He is a CrossFitter first, politician second. I'm just kidding. He's a yeah, husband, yeah. a business owner, politician to be, um, CrossFitter over at Swamp Rabbit. And again, Joey Russo, what's up, dude? Hey, glad to be here. Thanks, David. Yeah, man. Appreciate thanks for coming it. over. Yeah. So you've listened to the podcast a few times. We kind of uh, talked a little bit about the format. We might keep mm-hmm. with it. We might not. This is a little bit different because... Primarily, when we have guests on, we're talking a lot about fitness, possibly a little bit about CrossFit. In this episode, I do want to talk about CrossFit and how you found it and how you incorporate it into your daily life, but I really want to hear about your ventures for city, ca- county, county, county yep. councilmen. Gotta get so, it right. Gotta get it right. But before we do that, uh, so the audience kind of knows who you are, um... Let's talk a little bit about who you are, where you're from, what kind of family life you had growing up, and, you know, was sports and maybe, like, debate team your thing growing up? (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) Nah, born and raised here in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, Grew up a lot in the uh, northern part of the county, especially. Um, One of three boys. I'm an identical twin, and I have an older brother that's three and a half years older than us, so... Um, yeah, grew up, uh, lived in the mountains a little bit, ran around up there. You know, you think about it now, like having kids, like mm-hmm. just not knowing where your kids are, just off in the woods somewhere. Right. So, yeah, we, you know, pretty typical childhood, you know, we were just into sports and really fell in love with football at a young age. So football was really our thing. So all three of you guys played football. All, we, we followed pretty much whatever our older brother was. Doing. Yeah. I can't so, imagine. Yeah. I, I have two little boys. And they're two years apart. I can't imagine having three boys within three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, the competition yeah. level had to have been pretty high. Yeah, yeah, bordering on unhealthy sometimes. But <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we, you know, my older brother really got into football uh, in high school. So we were like fifth, sixth grade, and we were the little kids running around at two a day practices at Travelers Rest High School, like carrying water coolers and. Uh, they actually let us work out with like the weak group. Uh-huh. So like we would always be there and just, you know, holding for kicks and, you know, shagging footballs and stuff. Right. No, that's awesome. So, yeah. It was a good time and uh, always learned a lot from my older brother. So yeah, you know, a lot from his mistakes too. So watching him get in trouble and be like, all right, I'm not going to, maybe that. I'm not going to get caught doing that. I was talking. So before we started this podcast, we were talking about our mutual friend, Chris Harrison, who's also a yeah. county councilman. Yes, sir. And uh, I ran into his brother-in-law, Jake Van Giesen, mm-hmm. um, like two weeks ago. My son's soccer team was playing his daughter's soccer team. Nice. And we're, we're friends. We've been friends for a while. And, um, he was talking about kind of a similar thing. His little yeah. brother, Sam, mm-hmm. was the water boy in high school for his games. And he was yeah. talking about how Sam would, like, basically be on the other sideline, like, 
detaining water from the other team, nice. like maybe nice. deflating balls, doing everything he could to That's like awesome. help Jake's team. Yeah. <laughs> so I can only imagine like two twin boys running around on the opposite side. Yeah. Yeah. Wreaking we, havoc. Yeah. We were we were a mess. We were always <laughs> getting into stuff. And you know when you're when you're a twin, especially you have you just have like this built-in backup. Yeah. So like no matter what, like we were you know little kids getting in fights like. I knew someone was probably going to come over my back and try to hit somebody for me right. <laughs> before I could hit them. So, right. Yeah. We, we definitely had, you know, instances like that. And that's cool. Um, it, you know, I can even remember in high school him, I was on offense and he was on defense and he got into a fight with one of my receivers and I went and fought the receiver. Oh <laughs> so no. <laughs> we were like, yeah. So yeah. like that, yeah, no, it doesn't really work like that. So you got to be careful. So you said your older brother went to Traveler's Rest. Is that where yeah. you guys ended up? No. Too? So we ended up uh, Greer High School. Okay. Um, so that's kind of where we moved over towards um, like later when we got to 15, 16 years old. Um, but my older brother, finished out at wade hampton high school so he finished his senior year at wade hampton okay so you guys there. have been all over the place yeah yeah we've actually yeah we've seen we've seen we've been on a few different football teams but greer uh was where we started and finished night through you know freshman through senior year and that yeah was, yeah good time that's cool um, so a lot of people who li- there's people who listen to this podcast in like all 50 states and mm-hmm. around the world really um greer high school so it for people that don't know that stigma of you know united states football south southern football greer is like that stigma Mm -hmm. so greer south carolina pretty much lives and breathes football so being in a program like that is a is a pretty big deal yeah yeah it it definitely was um you know it attracted us uh there especially you know you got the water tower and Mm -hmm. all the state championships on it that's definitely like the the epitome of high school football in the South. Okay, yeah. So the epitome of yeah. Southern football, right? So Absolutely. you played offense. What position did you play? Shoot, I played all over the place. Okay. So I, yeah, my my wife's dream at, at 15, 16 years old was to be uh, the New England, New England Patriots quarterback. So I played a little quarterback going, uh, growing like, up. She, so whose dream was it? That was mine. Your yeah. your your oh, dream yeah. to be Tom Brady? Oh was, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm about a foot short. From yeah, that, so, I was gonna yeah. say. You yeah, guys then, have no, I, the exact opposite builds. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I played quarterback more like Tim Tebow, not sure. not nearly as well, but yep. <laughs> but more similar to that. Cool. Um, but yeah, really played all over the place. Um, played a lot of linebacker. That's kind of really where I stuck a lot. Um, but I I really enjoyed playing offense a lot more than defense. Just I like holding the cards, you know. Right. But um, really played all over the place and had a good time. You know, believe me, my my athletic background is like is not not a whole lot to speak of. I just I love playing football. That's kind of where originally like work ethic and you know putting in the extra effort. You know, not not many high school kids were putting in the amount of work that you know me and a lot of my teammates and my brother were putting in like there probably weren't many kids that had their football coach uh unlock the gym so they could come work out on christmas eve like stuff like that right so we were we were obsessed and that's and that was really kind of my introduction to like high intensity workouts olympic lifting Mm -hmm. uh very poor form olympic lifting yeah (laughs) so you know you know different injuries and stuff like that you know which resulted from some of that but Mm -hmm. um you know really you know i look back on it now as some of those things that you know maybe didn't work out the way i wanted them to uh i look back is extremely valuable now i mean just the amount of work that i put in at such a young age uh, really set me up later in life to, you know, because I had already done that kind of stuff. 
Right. So I already kind of, like we were talking about earlier, I've already, I already got comfortable doing a lot of uncomfortable things and putting myself in uncomfortable situations and, you know, just in going after, going after goals. And so I know we'll talk about yeah. a lot more about fitness, but I, I a hundred percent agree with that. And we've said that before on this podcast, um, fitness is one of those things. Like you just said, you're putting yourself in a very uncomfortable position, right? Yeah. For, an extended period of time, especially with something like CrossFit, right? It's Absolutely. very high intensity. Um, you're working out side by side with somebody. Um, you're trying to, and some sometimes beat somebody yeah. next to you. Um, and it prepares not only your body for the stamina that you have to have for life, but mm -hmm. also your mind because yeah. it can be a huge mental f, if you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. some of those yeah. workouts. So, um, talk a little bit about after high school, you graduate high school, you go to college, yeah. where did you end up going? I went to the Citadel. All right. So what is the Citadel? <laughs> I know I've heard you mention it yes. on a podcast before that the Citadel kind of astounded you. It like, did. It's kind of a weird concept. I had never heard of the Citadel until I came down yeah. here. Yeah. It's the only school I ever applied to. So you knew from a long, like a young age that you wanted to go yeah, there? I figured if I wasn't getting recruited by Clemson or something yeah. <laughs> that was not in the cards for me, yeah. I was, yes, yeah, the Citadel, um, Citadel was definitely something I thought about at a young age, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's, it kind of goes back to being one of those kids that just wanted to do things that he thought other kids couldn't do or wouldn't do. So the Citadel always kind of intrigued me, like, that's where if you want to be a man, that's where you go, you know? So if you want to be tough. So for the people who are from like California or Michigan, where I'm originally from mm -hmm. and aren't super familiar with the Citadel, what makes it, what makes so, it so manly? So <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's, well, there's girls now too, okay, but yeah, 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 you can be tough. Um, but yeah, the Citadel is, it's called this, the senior military college of uh, South Carolina. It's not a service Academy. And most people have that kind of misconception that it's kind of like West Point Naval Academy. Uh, most people that go to the Citadel pay for their punishment. That you're there to be a student, and it, you are there's battalion. You're broken up into battalions. You're in a company. It's it's very much regimented like the military. Uh, there's a rank structure. When you're a freshman, you're called a knob, and okay. um, that's from the tradition of having your head shaved, which uh, unfortunately doesn't happen anymore. Um, but when I was there, we shaved our heads twice a week and kept it short and like shaved with like with, uh, all we, the way down. We or had like a, um, we had like a like a little trimmer, like okay, a, like, like dog like, clipper. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah. So just and um, you weren't technically supposed to do that, but that's what we did. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, you it's it's very much structured like the military. You're when you're a knob freshman, uh, you are under the under the direction of upperclassmen so you have you have uh juniors that are sergeants you have sophomores that are corporals and all the seniors are, are officers okay. um and there you can be a private all you know if you're a sophomore junior senior so it's it's kind of a it's a privilege you have to earn to hold a rank at the citadel um so it's there's the school side where you're taking classes and you're doing the regular college stuff you're in uniform the whole time and you are also competing for different ranks and that actually hold responsibilities within the school and within your company and battalion and stuff like that. So I see. Um, 
but you can be in the military. You have to take an ROTC class. So you can be in, you can take Army, Navy, Marine, Air Force, uh, Space Force. I guess okay, now. so it's not associated with yeah. like a specific branch. No, the they military. have all. They actually have all branches there. Okay. So like my, uh, you have an officer, like a usually a retired or maybe reserve officer that um, is your TAC officer, which they're just there to kind of advise your company and uh, kind of do make sure. You guys aren't doing anything crazy. Now, are most kids then that go to the Citadel do the ROTC thing? You so you have to take the classes, mm -hmm. but you don't have to. You don't have to contract, and then um, you don't have you don't have to be on scholarship or anything. So, it's you know it's I think the statistics are lean a little bit more towards people who don't go in the military. Mm -hmm. um, but there's there's actually probably a good bit more if they added in the people who graduate the Citadel and then then enlist. They okay. they only count the kids. Uh, the guys that, that graduate and, and take commissions. So I'd like to see – I think the stats would be a little different because, like, my, my twin brother, he, he didn't take commission. He enlisted um, so a year or two after we graduated. Why would somebody – so that way it gives you more options. Like, if you don't want to – maybe, like, when you're in college, yeah. you might not want to join the military right mm -hmm. afterwards. But, okay, got Well, you. and, you know, some people, like, if you want to go for a specific job, like, mm -hmm. if, you, if you take a contract – to go into military service, uh, you your name is put into the whole pool of big military, and they choose your job. Gotcha. So um, some people who you know want to go be a Navy SEAL, you know, go be a Green Beret or something. Though a lot of a lot of those guys will enlist. Gotcha. Um, okay, cool. Um, so since this is something you know in South Carolina, are the majority of the kids that go to this university, are they from South Carolina or yes. kids from out of yeah. state? Go I don't, away? I don't know uh, the specific stats on that, but the majority of people are from South Carolina. Uh, there's a decent amount of kids that, that come from out of state. Um, but it's, it's a, it's pretty big majority South Carolina kids. Gotcha. All right. So did you enjoy it there? I've been told yeah. that when you're at the Citadel, it's hard to enjoy it, but after the Citadel, that's when you really appreciate it. Is oh, that yeah. pretty accurate? Yeah, no, that's that's completely accurate. The min the minute you leave and you graduate, you miss it. Yeah, and you never missed it a day you were there. <laughs> but it's the, yeah, it's the weird. It's a transformation that happens. But um, yeah, I enjoy. You know, you have to, you have things you enjoy. I mean, it's like anything. Uh, when you're when you're under kind of you're 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 in this position where you have to be somewhere. You have friends that are in regular colleges that just have freedom, like they're just doing whatever they want. Mm -hmm. You have, you have to be in your room between certain periods of time at night because it's study period. You have to wake up PT, you know, several times a week. You have to keep your, you know, you shave every single day. You iron your clothes every day. Military creases, starched. Wow. Um, you, you know, shine your belt buckle, shine your shoes. You have to look good. There, there's a lot of effort that goes into a single day. Um, at the Citadel and most people don't that go to a regular college you know most kids when they get out of high school they're thinking about what's the funnest place I can go yeah absolutely. and the Citadel is not one of them right so. yeah I mean I remember my freshman year of college like one of the worst things in the world was having an 8 a.m. class you know <laughs> I, I, ne I never had a semester without an 8 a.m. right and I think the, the fewest amount of uh, credits I took was like 16 that's wow. the fewest Okay. I think the most I ever took was tw like 24, 25. So. so what did you major in? I was a criminal justice major. So okay. I don't use it at all. But yeah. <laughs> and you don't you and you really don't need it to be a, a law enforcement officer. But um, 
you know, if I, I took a lot of business classes towards the end when mm-hmm. I started kind of having that, catching that bug a little bit too, where I, you know, really wanted to learn more about entrepreneurship and running businesses and accounting and other, other things. So I took, so I took more of those classes towards the end, but I think if I had thought about it a little bit more at the beginning, I probably would have leaned more towards that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing what the Citadel does for, for these young men and women. I'll, I'll tell the folks listening when I moved here and, you know, I learned of the Citadel and then I would frequently, there's a lot of, um, alumni in the Citadel that are local here in Greenville. Oh yeah. And a lot of them are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And so me being an entrepreneur myself, um, I mingle a lot with them and I'm, I was extremely impressed from like the first person I ever met from the Citadel to like the last person I've met. Like everybody is just so on point with everything. Um, and super friendly and, but they, but you know, you, you what you see is what you get basically with somebody yeah, from the Citadel. I feel exactly. like. like there's no bullshit about it. Like, you know, you know who they are right yeah. when you meet them from the first handshake, which yeah. I, which I've always been impressed with. Yeah. You know, believe me, there's, there, there's always exceptions to that rule, but mm-hmm. you know, generally we, we hold each other to a very high standard. Um, and I believe that the the man that you become at the citadel when you walk out those doors you're you're pretty prepared mm-hmm. and to to handle yourself with integrity and you know really you know how to you know how to handle you know how to handle business because really at the citadel you're not just taking classes you're doing all of these extra things you're actually you're actually taking interviews when you're there for these rank positions in front of full colonels generals people who are you know high ranked in the military mm-hmm. and so when I when I walked into my first interview with uh, the chief deputy of Greenville County Sheriff's Office I was I was not you know he was an, he was an intimidating guy for sure but I was I was not nervous I wasn't you know because I had been in front of generals I've been mm-hmm. in front of people that have you know been to been to wars and have high ranks and and so you get those experiences that are really uncommon to a lot of college students. That's very cool. Um, so that's what it sounds like after you graduated college, then you went into law enforcement? Yeah, so I, I had like a week, week or two off um, between graduation and then I went and started training with the sheriff's office and went to the Criminal Justice Academy down in Columbia in the middle of summer. And that was, that was very hot. And that's, that's an interesting place in itself because you're – your food is served by inmates. Really? So, yeah, it's very because there's a prison right next to the criminal right. justice academy. Okay. So anybody, that's, any cop that's listening to this knows what I'm talking about. It's very weird <laughs> because these, you know, you're trained to become a cop, and you have all these people that were put into jail by police officers, and they're serving you your food. That is odd. Yeah, but it, you know, that that was a really cool experience. Like, I really can't say enough to it. Like, that was, you know, you you can do all the training it you know it prepares you to a certain extent when you you learn everything on the road but the training that we got there and the experience there was was really awesome they they really have great people down there that's cool and so you joined greenville county yeah. and how long were you with the sheriff's department so a little under a year and a half but started yeah pretty much started in may and did the training pretty much all through summer so um got on the road worked with uh training deputies um you know early 
I guess that would be like September or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, was got immediately on the road and started running uniform patrol all over Greenville County. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah, no, that was an awesome experience. You know, coming from the Citadel and having that kind of brotherhood bond, going right into a platoon, you working uniform patrol was a good transition for me. Right. Because, you know, and I really had awesome, I had just awesome leadership the whole way through. I had, um, so on a uniform patrol uh, platoon, when I was there, it may be different, a little different now, but uh, you have deputy twos, which is what I was, just rookie cop, mm-hmm. and then um, up to master deputies, which are kind of your base level supervision, to sergeants who super who are the next level of supervision, and then you have your lieutenants. And really, from the top down, we just had awesome guys, and they were they really they were really focused on making sure I knew how to do my job and I knew how to be safe, and I was going to come home every night. Very so cool. It, that was. I felt that from the very beginning and even in training when they'd get on to me for something or, you know, it wasn't ever anything petty. It was always like, Hey, you let someone walk up to your window. Like you can't let someone walk up to your window. Right. Like, that's it, it coming up to a call and, you know, just st- officer safety stuff that was just incredible. And, you know, it gave me the opportunity to work with the fi- You know, we would work with fire service, EMS personnel, and just everybody in Greenville County just, I don't think everybody realizes like they're legitimate like heroes that mm-hmm. work in our county and you know do not include me in that at all i was just I, I was just lucky to be around them but i worked with guys who have been in you know state legitimately saved people's lives like been in uh been in critical incidents where they stopped people from taking someone's life they've you know been in shootings where you know they had to defend people and just legitimate like heroes and i won't you know they would be they'd be so mad at me if i ever said any of their names but like just Mm -hmm. i'm just in awe of them and it's it's a humbling experience to to even really be to when i think back on that that experience to you know i just appreciate it you know more than anything absolutely i think that's that you know we're going to talk about county council and all that but i feel like that's an experience that you can bring in yeah that a lot of people don't see that side Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people their encounters with a policeman might be getting pulled over and getting a ticket. Yeah. Um, they're not seeing what cops are doing in the trenches yeah. every single day. I've had a couple um, deputies come in as patients, um, and they tell me about their stories. And you know, I had this one guy come in out of breath, and it was because he had just got done chasing a criminal. Right? Yep. Like it's just yeah. things you don't really think about. Yeah. Um, it's not all on TV. It's happening in your own hometown. Yeah. No, I mean honestly there would be things that would happen that wouldn't ever even make the news. And I'd be shocked. Mm-hmm. And like right the second, right now there's a deputy, there's someone in EMS, someone in the fire service is dealing with an, with an incredibly difficult experience. They're doing something hard right now. And it's crazy, crazy to think what goes into our community to allow us to live such normal, peaceful lives. Typically, you know, most people are living, living a life where there's not a, a whole lot of danger outwardly mm-hmm. um there's a lot of there's a lot of people working around the clock to make sure that happens right and people you know and you know we're we're blessed we're blessed to live in that kind of society you know yeah there's no, there's no other place like it so what are your thoughts then about the current state of law enforcement you know it's disappointing to see a lot of the you know over the past few years the stigmatizing of you know, bad, there are bad cops, the being the majority in my experience. And I think, 
I would I can speak confidently the majority of cops in this in this country are, are great people trying to do a good job and you can't take small instances clips taken out of context any kind of thing like that and and try to make that a rule uh, def, you know defunding police you know whatever you want to call it it's just ridiculous they need we need more we need more funding at mm-hmm. every single level because if you want your cops to 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 have the resources to make sure you're able to live your live a safe life to be able to respond to the emergency that you have they have to have those resources and they're we have deputies we are in our county right now we need more deputies we have to be able to hire them and we're you know our, our sheriff right now we have an awesome sheriff hobart lewis is just he's killing it he's kind of he's he's one of those guys that he he didn't wait his turn to you know move move up and wait till someone wanted to step down as sheriff. He decided he was going to run and he because he knew he could do a good job mm-hmm. and he's doing awesome. Yeah, and he the sheriff sheriff's offices, police departments all over the country, they need they need to be they need more resources. I mean there there's no there's no ifs ands or buts about it. I mean yeah you're all you're going to have bad people in every industry and no and. Every, you know, it's kind of cliche to say, but it's so true. Nobody hates bad cops more than good cops. Right. And yeah. it's just, that's at the end of the day. Yeah, that's so. what that's what I always tell people, you know, and like you just said, in every industry, you're going to have amazing plumbers and you're going to have really crappy plumbers, you yeah, know? Exactly. Same thing with cops, same thing with doctors, same thing with lawyers, right? You're yeah. going to have really awesome people and the majority of them are awesome, yeah. but the bad apples are the ones that you remember. Exactly. Which and, is uh, unfortunate. But yeah, I mean, I think... You know, obviously, a lot of people listening to this, are, are, I think, support yeah. the cops and law enforcement yeah. and um, really hope to see some change within the next couple of years regarding that. And I, I know that you're going to be a big part of that in yeah. this county. Yeah. Um, so talk a little bit about, you know, you played football in high school. You were in the Citadel. You have to do a lot of um, a lot of. Uh, probably physical fitness stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you became law enforcement. What At what point did you find CrossFit and start kind of putting that into your life and, you know, making that a priority? Yeah, so, you know, fitness and working out and stuff has been in my – I started work, I started lifting weights when I was 12. Um, so I, I've been lifting, and I always thought of working out as you do your lifting and then you run. Mm-hmm. You do your lifting and then you run. So doing at the Citadel, we, that's kind of what I did. You know, I obviously you're, you know, you're doing the bro sessions where you're just like wanting to be big and all this stuff and that, you know, because you want to fill out the t-shirts and, Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I got introduced to CrossFit there and I, I thought it was lame. I thought it was, I just thought it was so dumb. You see guys like high socks on and doing, doing butterfly pull-ups and you're like, that's not a real pull-up. Right. Um, so I, I really, and I really didn't have this attraction to it at first. Um, and really, you know, and I did some high intensity workouts and interval workouts and different things. And, uh, before my junior year, uh, getting ready for some of the stuff you can try out for when you're a junior, me and my, my twin brother would do this three mile Murph workout, like a few times a week where we would do a mile, uh, it's like push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, and squats, run another mile, do all that again, and then run another mile. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did, like, several times a week. And, you know, I was like, 
I didn't know what Murph was. You know, I. Oh, okay. Um, so you were just yeah. Someone, you, I someone just gave us that. Okay, I don't even so know, I don't even you know just where we randomly it. saw yeah. it and you were doing that, but you yeah. didn't know it was called I, Murph. Yeah, I just we we just did it. I don't really know why okay. we did it, and we just thought it'd get us in shape, I guess. But yeah, um, I didn't really start doing it until so I was at the sheriff's office. Both of my brothers were well. One brother was already in the military. My twin brother was about to go in, and they had both been doing CrossFit for a while. Mm-hmm. And my bachelor party was a spartan race so yeah my groomsmen probably hate me but yeah <laughs> it was and it, and it wasn't like a quick spartan race it wasn't uh-huh. like a 5k it was like 14 miles oh man it was in it was in north carolina up a mountain oh boy and it was so my uncles came too both mm-hmm. my uncles and yeah they they made it through but i yeah i think they probably still hold it against me they're like is this uh, a bachelor yeah, party or exactly <laughs> yeah try well and it's like yeah exactly so <laughs> But yeah, we're doing the Spartan race and I mean, it was, I mean, it was really tough and I felt so out of shape and both of my brothers were like, you could just tell their bodies were different than mine. Mm -hmm. The, just the things they were able to do. And I was just thinking, man, I I really got to change. Like I need to start doing some, some real stuff. And so fast forward a few months, um, start, um, kind of making that decision that, you know, my family's business is at the point where. I kind of need to commit or, or figure out what I'm going to, you know, which side I'm going to commit to because I really didn't want to see our family's business go to someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's something we haven't talked about, but we'll this, get there. Yeah. Um, so I made that decision at that point to, to go transition full time with my family's business. And one of my first decisions I made was I'm going to be a morning workout person that this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Uh-huh. And so I started, you know, I probably October, November or something at Swamp Rabbit and five, I think it was 5 AM with, uh, Brandon Simpson over there, yep. general manager and started from there. How yeah. long ago was that? 2016. 2016. Yeah. And how many days a week do you go? Five, five days a week, yeah. 5 AM. Yeah. But yeah, I, I wake up four fifteen usually. Um, I set like five alarms. My wife hates hates that, of course, but you, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, man. Um, well, my wife's a five a.m. or two. I, I mean, I've done it a handful of times, but committing to doing that five days a week for the rest of your life—that's quite the feat. I mean, I yeah. think that's a citadel thing too, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I'm sure there's some citadel. I don't really don't consider myself a morning person, but yeah. it's just. You know, I really enjoy my afternoons. Yep. And when I get off work, I'm I don't really want to go to the gym. I want to come home. Right. And I want to go. You know, I want to have that time free. So it's really you know when you're at the Citadel, yeah, you earn time management. So mm-hmm. you try you fit it in where you can get it. So yeah, I think that's good. I I want to come back to fitness, but I want to go to your decision for the family business yeah. and kind of tie those two things in. So. What is the family business and how long has your family had it? So our family's business is Greenville Industrial Rubber and Gasket. My grandfather, Alan Russo, started it in 1975. Um, He came down here in the 1950s, Donaldson Air Force Base, when he was with the Air Force, uh, married a girl from here, uh, went back to Massachusetts for a little bit, then came back, and he was diagnosed with uh, lymphoma. I can't, it's probably the 70s and was fired from his job and was able to leverage wow. some connections could you imagine that happening now? yeah oh yeah no that i you know i guess back in the 70s yeah. you could do that right but, um fired from his job and he 
leverage some connections that he had through the business he was in to help him start this business and really threw everything into it. You know, my dad, I think my dad was 12 or something, you know, he was a young, he was a younger kid. Um, two siblings, my aunt and my uncle were both pretty young at the time. So my dad has kind of been there day one, you know, helping it, helping it run and, you know, working in the shop and, so, so what is it? So we do uh, customer specified gaskets. So cut parts with our water jets and a flash cutter. We do industrial hose uh, assemblies and uncoupled. We do all industrial fittings. So basically we're doing OEM parts that go on finished products uh, for manufacturing or on the MRO side for maintenance to keep facilities running. So we work with basically anybody making anything in greenville so so do you know the backstory on how your grandfather thought of like starting a business in this no not really um you know i think he had had some connections with people who had had rubber and gasket stores through the business he was in prior and just was able to uh network with that and get it get it running so Um, We're a part of a buying group called RAGCO, R-A-G-C-O, that is a bunch of small businesses, a lot like us, a lot of family-owned businesses, Uh, mainly in the Southeast. We're around 50 or so companies now, but we're all independently owned, and uh, we use that, this, our our kind of confederation for uh, buying agreements, pricing agreements, and stuff like that, but we still get together, you know, several times a year. There's a board. And it's pretty cool because some of those guys have known my dad since he was a kid, mm-hmm. knew my grandfather. I have videos of my grandfather with, at Radco board meetings, like speaking. And it's like, I don't even, you know, I didn't have, I, I never heard his voice before. And someone, a guy that I met um, at the, at one of the meetings was like, let me send you a DVD. Cause we, I have a DVD from one of our trips from like the, from the seventies, late seventies. Okay, so your grandfather passed away before you ever met him. Yeah, he was gotcha. he. So my so my grandfather passed away in the early '80s. Uh, my dad was at Mars Hill College at the time playing football, mm-hmm. and uh, my grandfather died. So he came back and helped my grandmother run it. My grandmother was the owner uh, for several years, and then my dad and my uncle are the or the ownership now. And you know, I'm in the ownership group with them. So I'm the third, technically the third generation. Even though, te- like, I feel like kind of my dad's really in that first generation mm-hmm. since he was since he's kind of been there since the inception but you know so technically i'm the third generation that's awesome so when you were growing up was it one of those things you know you you hear about this a lot um there's family businesses and the kids are like i'm gonna have nothing to do with this or i'm gonna have a completely different career was that you oh absolutely right. I, I never i never thought that that was gonna be a career for me i i worked there i mean i out of me and my brother's I worked there the most for mm-hmm. sure. And I, I really, I really committed a lot of time there when I was in college and still never even thought, well, that thought that it would be my career. Why? I just never thought that, that that's where I would land. I mm-hmm. think I was still thinking law enforcement, federal law enforcement, you know, ATF, FBI, just different things. You have, you have, you have a lot of options. You're thinking about the Citadel, mm-hmm. but really that junior senior year is when I started taking more business classes, kind of catching that bug of 
you know, it's actually pretty cool to run a business. You actually get to interact with a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting more into specifics on, all right, who are we actually making these gaskets for? Who are we making these hoses for? What do they do? And now, you know, when I get to drive hundreds of miles a day and go see anywhere from, you know, pick processing to a G facility to an automotive uh, plastic injection molding facility, it's you basically get to live the show how stuff is made. Like, so, yeah. it's, so it's pretty cool. Like, I actually really enjoy what I get to do with it. So I really caught that bug later, junior, senior year. And that's just, you know, as you, when, when I was a kid, just was not even on yep. the radar. So was it kind of a seamless transition going from law enforcement to the family business, or was there some growing pains with that? It it definitely, there weren't, like, outward growing pains. I think just, it, it, was, a, it was a transition for me mm-hmm. from being a part of intense situations, running around all day, to starting at the running counter sales and just kind of you're living in fast forward and then you slow down Mm -hmm. and then you know we were pretty newly married you're kind of living a new life so it was it was there were great great sides of it too because my wife and I have been together for years at that point and Mm -hmm. most of that time was at the Citadel and then I went to law enforcement where my schedule was crazy right so it was like a sigh of relief a little bit to finally get to come home to her every day Mm -hmm. but at the same time though it was it was a transition at work because especially when you see like buddies you know that are dealing that are getting in situations like there were several critical incidents um after i left the sheriff's office that was tough to to see guys that i know going through stuff and you know you kind of wish you were there Mm -hmm. um but it so it was it was real it was actually pretty tough uh it was tougher than i thought it would be right um but now looking back on it, I'm, you know, I'm really glad that I had both. I had the experience that I had. Um, I would love to have done it longer, but I, I always knew, you know, at that point that this was going to be the long term for me and my family. Um, so there, were, there was a transition and now doing what I'm doing now, because I really did have to build a knowledge base to get to where I am and dealing with customer uh, like customer service with people bringing in hydraulic hoses industrial hoses mm-hmm. having to problem solve for people and kind of using skills that I, I learned at the sheriff's office which is not always having the right answers but knowing what questions to ask mm-hmm. so like learning how to apply that kind of stuff to now where I have enough I have enough knowledge I have enough experience to get to the bottom of almost any situation and getting to go to all these different customers and getting in front of people and talking to people and just problem solving. Like I really, I legitimately enjoy making sure facilities can run their business and getting their products out. So 100% man. So I'm in the same boat as you. I I feel like having good communication with people, being able to talk to people, understand people, um, of all facets of life yep. is one of the most important things you can learn to do as, as a college student, as a high school student, as an elementary student, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think if you have good communication skills, you will go so much farther than somebody who yep. is just really good at math. You oh, know? No, <laughs> like, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I think the not biggest, that, yeah. I mean, we all want well, our kids hey, to be good at math. Yeah. But. Hey, I would love to be better at math. Yes. Um, but yeah, exactly. I think the biggest, the biggest criticism on people of my generation is they can't talk to people mm-hmm. because I, I can remember being in police Academy and them saying like, 
well, if, you know, we could give that guy a phone. He could text the person in the car, and that's how they talk. And so, yeah, learning how, especially at the sheriff's office, talking to people that were very different experience levels, education levels, uh, ethnic backgrounds, like talking language barriers mm-hmm. and having to figure out how to communicate with people. Uh, that was huge for me. That, that really took a lot of the things I learned at the Citadel and practiced them. Mm-hmm. So that, that was one reason why I'm, I'm very, very thankful that I did that before going into business because it, it really, it helped me a lot. That's awesome. I really like that. All right. So, you know, going back to the fitness part now. So for those of you who are tuning in for the pod to the podcast for the first time, um, I've kind of, we've kind of me and Zach, my, um, uh, podcast co-host, who's not here today. I'm doing this one by myself. Um, we came up with a podcast to center around finding people who are successful in life in all facets of life, not just monetary, right? I mean, yeah. there's really successful um, stay-at-home moms out there who exactly. have raised amazing children. There's really successful pastors out there. Um, there's really successful athletes out there. But one thing that we found in common that some of the most successful people that we've talked to have fitness in their life, right? Because fitness rubs off on every other aspect of life. Um, not only does it build mental toughness, it builds, um, stamina for just life in general. Um, you know, if you're working out, you're sleeping more, yep. all of the stuff. It, I mean, it's just one big grand cycle. It helps performance all around. So talk a little bit about that. I mean, your experience with fitness and how it's applied, you know, to your daily life. Yeah. So, I mean, fitness really is the jump start for every day. You know, I, I take days off obviously, but having that that commitment to do 5 days a week is helps me get my day started and really even going back to the citadel law enforcement one of my biggest things was I, I never wanted to be a liability physically because at the citadel if you're if you can't pass PT tests you're bringing the company down if you if you're maxing PT tests you're elevating the company if you're physically able to do all these things you you will get further and the physical appearance, you know, is obviously a big thing at the Citadel, being able to wear your uniform well and all and all that goes with that. I never wanted to be the guy that couldn't wear, wear the uniform well. Mm-hmm. And at the sheriff's office, when, you, when you're a rookie, you don't know anything, the one thing I always stuck in my head was, you know, maybe I don't have the experience or the knowledge that this guy has, but I will never be a physical liability. They're not going to have to pick me up because I couldn't, I couldn't chase after somebody. They're not going to, I'm not going to overheat and throw up or, you know, whatever. So I was physically, and at that time I, I wasn't nearly as, you know, I wasn't in great shape, but I was in very, you know, pretty decent shape for what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so I always thought about that. Like when you're, when you're, when you're young and dumb, you don't, the last thing you want to be is a physical liability. Right. So, and even in, in business, just thinking about how you present yourself and when you go to talk to people and even the other thing, you know, the political things I'm doing now, presenting myself and how I talk to somebody and approach somebody would come off very differently if I was very out of shape and, you know, didn't tuck my shirt in and stuff like that. Right. So it all ties together for me because I really, I really believe um, if, if you're physically fit, it's going to, it keeps your brain sharper keeps everything sharper and you can you present yourself with professionalism and 
somebody Pete when you when I walk up to somebody they already know a few things about me without me saying anything right exactly. yeah one hundred percent that's kind of the way I think about it yep if you if you meet somebody and they're fit you know that they take care of themselves and if they can take care of themselves they can take care of mm-hmm. your issues that you guys are dealing business yeah. dealings you know they're gonna take care of that you know they're taking care of other things at home as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it starts with yourself. If you can't yeah. take care of yourself, it's really hard to take care of other people. Yeah, exactly. That's really awesome, man. Hey, guys. We're going to take a break to thank our sponsors for today's episode. We're going to start off with CrossFit Greer. If you're living in the Greer area and are interested in getting started in CrossFit, go ahead and look up CrossFit Greer. Jen and Reagan Green are the owners there. If you mention the Apogee podcast to them, they will give you 10% off your first month's membership fees. I would also like to thank Blitz Belts and Chris Kane for their continued support of the show. So be sure to use their 15% off coupon code at checkout. That's Apogee, all caps. That gets you, the listener, 15% off at checkout at Blitz Belts on your custom order. I want to thank Goat Tape for being our new sponsor. Goat Tape has committed its brand to providing the best in athletic tape. They are the standard for CrossFit tape, scary sticky. Now they are providing the best in KT tape. So at checkout, be sure to get your 25% off your wholesale purchase. Use the coupon code Apogee at checkout. Finally, if you guys would like to become an invested friend of the show and are interested in supporting the show directly, go to anchor.fm slash Apogee Podcast and click on the support tab. We love bringing you guys awesome content each week. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast, drop a review, and let us know how we're doing. So... Let's talk a little bit about the idea for running for county council. Okay, was this your idea or did somebody (laughs) say, hey, man, I think you would be really good at this. You should go for it. No, I don't think I've ever been recruited for something. (laughs) I don't think anybody's ever looked at me and said, hey, you know, we want you to do this, whatever. Uh You know, going back to I, you know, used to think uh, maybe Clemson's going to come knock on my door one day. Never came. So I don't think, no, nobody ever came to me with this idea. Honestly, uh, it was kind of early 2020, you know, COVID, everything's happening. You're seeing businesses being shut down by local governments and different things like that. And really, it, it brought to the forefront in my mind of just a true uh, void in leadership at all levels of government, community, and, and, every, and everything I saw uh, really, made, really disappointed me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's no one specifically. I'm not talking about anybody specifically. Just looking at the climate, right? And I was, and I thought, who's representing me right now? Who's looking out for my company's interest? Because I have people. I have, we have employees that their livelihoods, their their careers depend on us. Who's looking out for this? Because there's nothing to stop this county uh, county government from telling me I can't I can't come to work. Mm-hmm. And there's you know kind of it kind of stopped from it started from that. So really spring of 2020, I started looking at, well, who's representing? And I remember telling my dad, yeah, I think, I think I really need to think about running for something here locally because, you know, I can't leave my job. I don't want to leave my career. I don't want to leave my family. And, you know, I really feel a passion for Greenville for it because I've seen it. I've seen what it's become even from when I was a kid growing Mm -hmm. up here and, you know, we have so much opportunity. We have we have an industry base and just a people base. We have great people here, and wanting to see that taken care of. So really, through 2020, just praying about it, talking to my wife about it, and not even really going at anything specifically, but really 
having those conversations with my with my my fam- my wife and my family and early 21 started making some connections with people that I met through the Citadel and um, really kind of um, started from there having some meetings about what would I do how would that look like to put something together mm-hmm. and really went from there and it's something I prayed about my, me and my wife prayed about together for God to open some doors um, if that was something I was supposed to do and doors opened and you know I don't know what it's going to lead to I don't know if this is if this is going to be successful or not i truly believe it will be but god's opened these doors and i'm just walking through them so it's amazing that's kind of how this started and you know really thankfully a lot of people have believed in me and believed in kind of my what i want to do and my vision for things and it's gone from there that's awesome i really like that um I'm a firm believer, obviously, one, in prayer, and two, putting yourself in the situations. I can't stand when people say, well, that person got really lucky, you know? Like, that's that's one of the biggest insults, I think. That must be nice. Right, exactly. (laughs) It's one of the biggest insults because people, luck doesn't happen. People put themselves in situations. Doors open because you put yourself in that situation. And I think it takes a lot of guts for you to... Not only are you running a very successful business, but on top of that, you're willing to take on the responsibility of being a county councilman. I mean, that's that's huge. It speaks volumes of the person that you are, because it would be easy just to sit back, but you want to see change happen. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Um. So, when did you officially announce then that you were running for county council? And before you before you do that. Explain exactly what county council does. Yeah, so the county council here in Greenville, we have 12 districts. Mm -hmm. The county council basically handles the budgetary, basically the budget for the entire county. They they are in in handling all of the zoning and development and everything getting built in Greenville is getting approved or disapproved based on based on the what the county decides. Your funding all the county departments, which includes all emergency services, um, every county department, you know, really depends on what the county council decides. And the um, our county especially has the highest budget in Greenville, you know, we are in South Carolina, I should say. Um, we're, we're a very important county. Even more so than like where yes. Charleston is, yeah. really. Yeah, so we, we're, we're, Charleston is definitely an important county. It's, is there's kind of, I guess there's a rivalry there. Mm-hmm. Um, Greenville has the most diverse economy in in the state. I would say we have no no other county has just the influx of people. Just we have we have so much going for us right now. We it's just it's got to be managed correctly. So there's not there are things that you deal with on societal levels like making sure, like I said, businesses are being allowed to being allowed to operate. You're doing things that you're sta- you are standing for things that on a societal level where you're making, um, but there, it's not as, it's not like you're running, you're doing, you're handling gay marriage on daily basis or, you know, abortion or any of those, any of those hot topics that you see on Fox news. A lot of this, you, as a, in a political position, obviously you have, you have your stances on those things and you can talk about them, but on a County council level, you're dealing with a lot of budgetary issues Mm -hmm. and that it's a, in dollars and cents, uh, people don't like seeing their taxes go up, but they don't like to talk about it. So, you know, they don't like talk about the nitty gritty of why 
why something is getting built on that property and why zoning issues and things that yeah typically people my age don't really care about is <laughs> why think why businesses are or you got another dollar general right here I you mean, got I you care. Know, yeah well hey yeah time. exactly but <laughs> you know there's there's a lot of people that that don't think about it on right, a daily basis yeah and like i said it's not a hot there's not these sexy hot topic issues that that you would see um that you see on fox news or you know cnn or whatever I don't know, man. Um, I find that way more interesting. Believe me, than I, hey, I do too. I do too. And it's and the thing is, is at your county level, you can do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that stuff you see on uh, at Congress and the Senate, and a lot of that stuff doesn't necessarily come knocking at your door really quickly. If the county council decides to hike property taxes, it's going to come knocking at your door pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and there's, there's, you know number of issues there's road issues i mean we have 1800 miles of county roads in the in the county that are just struggling and we we have to get real serious about what we're doing with these roads and the infrastructure okay i'm gonna ask you some pointed questions about that because i'm like you know i'm originally from michigan okay so one of the very first things i noticed there's a couple things i noticed when i first moved down here in 2015 um one of the very first things was was the roads that you were talking about, mm-hmm. right? There is no road grid per se in Greenville County, right? Yeah. yeah. Like where I'm from, it's a blocked grid. Yep. You know, we'll say there's 28th Street, 32nd Street, yep. 40th Street, 48th Street, and they all go east and west, and then you the odd numbers go north and south, and they're all in blocks. So you know where you are pretty much. Yep. Even if you don't know where you are, like you can figure it out fairly easily. Mm-hmm. Greenville is absolutely nothing like that. You could be heading north for a mile and then look up at your um, where your north, south, east, west, your compass basically yeah. in your car, and you'll be going south a mile later. So there's really no rhyme or reason and a lot of these roads are, you know, like diagonal roads or whatever. So yeah. is that something that city or county council could basically even just like cut some of these roads out and create a little bit more of a grid someday or possibly? That I mean, take, you that, just that said how many, ma- how would, that would be a lot of tax dollars, but how many, yeah. how many miles did you say that? There's, there's 1800 miles of county road, but that doesn't include state roads. So right. there's state roads. And it's about a one-to-one ratio, so there's mm-hmm. so what that's thirty-six hundred, about thirty-six hundred miles of road. Um, that would take some major engineering. Yeah, uh, because I I know what you're talking about because mm-hmm. I wrote when I was at the sheriff's office. I rode with a guy that was from Ohio, mm-hmm. and he, he always complained about because trying to find an address to a call. There's no there will be no rhyme or reason to a lot of the streets. Right. So yeah, I've I've heard people from from other states. It's interesting. So my wife's family, her, her mom's side of the family is from Greenville. That's how we ended up here, and um, my wife is very southern. So if you guys like catch a hint of maybe southern accent in my voice when you guys listen to these podcasts, that's why I'm you surrounded it. by it all the time. But um. I am you. from Michigan originally. It's good for you, though. Uh, but what I was going to say is her uncle told me that a lot of these roads used to be like old hunting roads, and that's how – and it got paved over, basically, or hunting trails, I should say. Um, yeah, I'm sure I, – I probably couldn't speak to the history yeah. and all of that stuff, but, very, yeah, there's, there, there are definitely – um, states that did did their roads more organized than we yeah did. it's interesting and it was almost like you know Greenville wasn't prepared for the influx of people that were coming well I mean even you go back to 
the 70s, 80s, 90s of where where our business was. So when all the textiles left at a certain point in Greenville. So it originally was a massive, it was the textile hub of the world. Mm-hmm. And the economy tanked. And, I mean, in Greenville, when all the textiles went overseas, um, there was a major e- economic shift that had to take, it had to take place. And there, you know, it was uh, a downward trend. And so really that, you know, it kind of came back with some of the bigger manufacturers that came in like BMW and some of these other places that have kind of spawned off of that, uh, that, that industry and then other industries realizing, Hey, Greenville is a good place to have business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in stuff like the industry has come back and obviously roared back now because we have so many, you know, it's not even just Greenville, it's really the whole upstate has businesses and um, manufacturing all over the place. And yeah, I, I don't think the upstate as a whole really was prepared for that because so many years where it was, it had, it turned downward. So I'm learning right now. So that's why I'm asking these questions. So, you know, you, you just said big manufacturing, like BMW and all the manufacturers that make things for BMW mm-hmm. have come to Greenville. Did they originally come to Greenville because the lack of zoning that Greenville had? Not so BMW specifically is in uh, Spartanburg County, but you know, there a lot of that probably just had to do with some of the, so Greenville County is mostly zoned now. So mm-hmm. my district specifically, which it's, it's hard for this in a podcast format to think about the district map, but the district 17 that I'm running in is the Northern part of the County. So if you can just think of it as a rectangle, it's that, that top third, basically mm-hmm. it's a, it's a massive part of the County. Uh, it's the population wise is, um, you know, per square acre, however you would, you would do it, um, is lower. Um, so there's a lot of, it's mainly unzoned mm-hmm. up there. So, you know, there's, there's pluses and minus to that there. Um, in in the rest of Greenville besides the southernmost district is, is mainly zoned now. Um, so yeah, I don't, I'm really not sure on that. I just yeah. know there's a lot of there, they were given a lot of tax incentives and different things like that, that, that attracted businesses here. Well, it's been amazing. I mean, the growth here, even since I've moved here has been astronomical and it's been great. Yeah. And you know, there, there's, there's a, there's like, you know, there's dichotomies to everything. There's Mm -hmm. making, there's growth that is good, that stimulates businesses, that stimulates people's uh, paychecks that do all the good things that growth does you know, you have the downside of where we have deteriorating in infrastructure. We have um, properties that, especially in the northern part of the county, that are, people are very worried about as far as the natural resources and really what the character of that community is. So mo- most of District 17 is, is very rural, um, a lot of farms. So there's there's been some ag- some agricultural zoning that's been approved for some of these, for, the, um, for really South, uh, Greenville as a whole. Um, but... There's going to be probably, I would say, probably a move towards that to protect some of these uh, natural resources because the big thing is you just want to make sure that you maintain the character of what's made Greenville a great place to live. Right. And so people get there's a lot of there's a lot of people that will get very when you start talking growth they'll get very apprehensive because they're like that they just think of. Um, you know, strip house, you know, all these developments that, that building houses on top of houses on top of houses that are, you know, thrown up very low, some, some low quality. Um, you just want to see good development. Right. Yeah. And that, I think that's the biggest thing. And I think if you take care of your infrastructure first, 
you make sure you you don't have you're not building 200 house neighborhoods on a road that can't support the houses already on it stuff like that it's it's a it's a you know there's there's a balance that has to be struck but we that's another part of the opportunity that greenville has we have it's not why we're not the greenville of the 90s and 80s early 2000s that may have not had the resources we have we have all the resources available to us now we have to make sure we use them and use them responsibly that's so, awesome yeah i can i can get fired up about no that. <laughs> that's great man i mean yeah. you're running for county council and you sound like it too i think you hey, i'm doing my best you are doing yeah. good man i, I love it. that answer um so let's talk a little bit about personal life so they say what is the song? I'm not even. This is. A, I was gonna say a lame joke. What oh do they gosh. say? That that, that Keith Urban song behind every man's a good yeah, woman, but yeah. I like the one by my side or whatever. <laughs> but for real, I mean, I think be behind or with every success, a successful businessman or politician or anybody who's successful, yeah. they have a successful partner mm. right by their side with them. So talk a little bit about your wife. Yeah. How did you all meet? You said you guys dated for a long time yeah. before you got married, and yeah. talk about that. Yeah, so we um, we dated in high school actually. I we dated. Um, I think she was fifteen. I was sixteen. Um, I was a knucklehead, uh, like most sixteen-year-old boys are. Um, definitely, she definitely needed to get rid of me. But um, I did make the mistake of breaking up with her when we were in high school, and mm. she and she still holds that over my head. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, um, but we uh, reconnected when I was a knob at the Citadel. Um, came back Thanksgiving break and started dating and we never stopped. So she did all four years of the Citadel just like I did. The shaved so, head did it for nah, her. Yeah. She, hey, she loved me. <laughs> she loved me then. I mean, she That's really right. loved me. Um, it was bad. <laughs> yeah. It was real bad. So, um, yeah, she, she went through all four years of that. And, you know, that was like, that was a whole different test in its own because, you know, I'm not – when you think of your boyfriend being in college, you think of, well, come home and stuff like that. And like there were many weekends where we had inspections on Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. So you weren't coming home. Right. And you know, I did every chance I could, I was getting in my truck and, and coming home. And, um, because you know, she was, she was in Greenville. And so that was, that was, it, it's not the easiest thing to do. Mm -hmm. So she made it through. I mean, she was awesome really the whole time and and now honestly we talk about it and we miss those trips like when she would come down mm -hmm. or like my family or her family would come down and get to come pick me up from school or you know that kind of stuff like we in charleston's our place like we love going and going for uh, a week at wild dunes or something like that and and spending a week at the beach in charleston that's like our place so wild it brings it brings all the it brings all the memories back oh um, man i think i've said yeah. this story before on here i'm not interrupting you but i am wild dunes i have experience wild, with wild dunes so the summer between my undergrad and grad school one of my best friends in college he was a hospitality tourism management major and he did his internship at wild dunes oh, nice. so he came from michigan down to charleston for this and wow. he got hired on afterwards in nice. hr oh nice and so he was hiring summer help so he called me up one day. Actually, it was probably this week back in 2010, like the beginning wow. of March. Wow. And uh, he goes, yo, man, what are you doing this summer? And I said, nothing. I'm just bartending until I start grad school. 
you know, PT school mm-hmm. in the in the fall. And he's like, you want to come down and work? I was like, sure. So I hopped in my Jeep like two days later. Nice. And I worked at Wild Dunes the whole summer. Wow. I worked as a pool boy during the day wow. and a nice. bartender at the pavilion <laughs> at night. Yeah, yeah dude. That's the place to be. It was awesome, yeah. man. It was one of the best summers of my life. I bet. No, it's uh, Wild Dude, Wild Dunes is awesome. It is. Like that that is we love going there because you ride your golf cart, you mm-hmm. got the pavilion, you got the pools, and especially having kids now. It's just right. it's just it has everything you need. Right. And you know, I'm very lucky. My wife's family cooks amazing. That's cool. So, like, you know, we'll go out to dinner some, but we cook a lot. Yeah. Like, even when we're on vacation. So, um, or I should say, they cook a lot. <laughs> I eat a lot. That's cool. So, you guys yeah. bring the whole family down there and yeah, hang out. We've done that multiple times. Mm-hmm. It's uh, last, so last summer we had, I mean, like 30 people down there. Really? I mean, it was so my wife's family, she's got two brothers and a sister. Both brothers have. You know, one brother has two kids, one has three, um, you know, her sister and then uh, has her, you know, now fiance, but, you know, uh, down me and my wife have one kid, um, her mom, dad, grandmother, and then a bunch of their cousins came down wow. and got a house. And it, yeah, it was, it was, it was really fun. I, it was, you know, you know, when you're a dad, vacation isn't really vacation no. anymore. Mm-hmm. So I felt so tired when I got home. It was, you know, it was, but it was awesome. Those were, that was one of those trips like that we probably, hopefully we get to do everybody again, but that was, that was a lot of fun. Isn't that the coolest thing though? Like being a dad now, you, you ever catch yourself just like looking at your kid and being like, all right, I, now I get it. Like what my, what my dad was thinking. Oh yeah. Cause sometimes, you know, when you're a child or, you know, growing up, you don't think about all the things that your dad did for you growing up. Mm -hmm. Like I, the other day I had one of those moments. I was working here at our clinic in Greenville all day. We just opened up another, another clinic in Spartanburg. So I drove all the way up to Spartanburg to do a couple evals, got done at five, drove all the way back here to the Mesa fields. Cause my son nice. had soccer practice yep. and my wife had brought him and our other son there. And when I got there, my wife and my little son left and I'm sitting there on the sideline. I'm like, wow, nice. you know, like that's a lot of driving and a lot of things yeah. to do just to get to soccer practice, yeah. you know, exactly. and you know, my dad did that, you know, yeah, every same. day of my life, you know, same. and I think that's cool, man. You know, your dad did that. My did, dad did that. We're taking that to the next generation. Yeah. And exactly. Yeah. You know, nothing's, I mean it doesn't get any better. And I tell all my friends that don't have kids that they need to have kids really quickly because I love, I mean, I love being a dad Yeah, and it helps even more when you have like just the best wife in the world. Right. You you know, I don't know if everybody gets to feel like that, but I I legitimately married to my best friend. Mm -hmm. Like she's just, she's, she, she's everything that I'm not. We compliment. We're very different. We compliment each other very well. Um, but it's, there's just nobody I want to come home to at the end of the day besides her. And that's awesome. I get to do that every single day. And that's, you know, when I was at the Citadel, I was, I would always think one day I'm going to get to go home. I'm going to get to drive to a house and she's going to be there. Mm-hmm. And that was like the motivation. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Dude. That's was, really cool. Yeah. So what's your daughter's name? Julia. Julia. And yeah. how old is she? She is three. Three years yeah, old. She's the most beautiful three-year-old in the world. <laughs> Are y'all going to have any more? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll have as many as she'll let me. All right, um, cool. I want to have a lot of kids, but I think she said she said she'll stop at three. So I'd love I'd love to kind of recreate in, uh, what I had and have twins on the next go-round, but that's not up to me. So Yeah. Um, so what is it? It's fraternal twins that's genetic. Identical twins is not, correct? 
I don't know. I'm pretty sure I'm that's not, what it I'm is. I'm a twin, and I'm not a twin expert. I don't yeah, know. pretty yeah. sure fraternal is genetic, identical yeah. just happens. Yeah, she has a lot of twins on her side too. Hey man, so she's got cousins. She's got cousins that have twins. Um, my mom's first cousin or tw- cousins are twins, and you know I'm an identical twin. So, um, oh it's well, crazy. it might be in the cards. Though. It might be. It might be. I'd be. I would be very. There would be nobody more excited than me. She. That's probably, really cool. Yeah, so I would be really excited and. Um, but having, yeah, having my daughters amazing. Like, you know, I didn't grow, I grew up with brothers. Uh-huh. I have one, uh, I have one first cousin. That's a, that's a girl. They live in Tennessee, but you know, mainly growing up with guys. So mm-hmm. smelly, just tra- you know, trash in the rooms and stuff like that. Uh, having a girl and trying to figure out pigtails and trying to, she, she wants to wear nothing but dresses. And even when she sleeps, she sleeps in night she sleeps in nightgowns. And um, if it's not a pretty dress, she doesn't want it. So I I love it. I mean, she's awesome. She being in, like I said, I tell every one of my friends that don't have kids have kids because mm-hmm. you don't you don't know what you're missing. Like it's yeah, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do in mm-hmm. your life. Um, but it's also simultaneously the best thing you'll ever do in your life. So yeah, it's awesome. That's that's great to hear. Yeah. That's what you want to hear. Yeah, man, we've got a fit guy, we've got a family guy, we got a business owner guy. I mean, what is not to like about you? Hey, <laughs> I, I don't, there, I'm sure there's plenty. I'm no, sure there's dude. Plenty no, that's yeah. awesome. So, real quick, since we are CrossFit, yeah, let's talk about the Open real quick. Yep. So, are you doing it this year? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'm probably like the worst. CrossFit person, I've never signed up for it. Oh, really? But really, a lot of it at the beginning, I was like, I'm doing CrossFit to try to get fit. I don't. I, I'm really trying to put my ego in check. Mm-hmm. I don't care about where I stand. That was kind of my thought at the beginning. Like, it makes no. I, I don't care if I'm 1200th in the world or you know whatever it is. Right. Um. So I've all I've done it every year pretty much but I've never signed up for it <laughs> and I'm, and I'm doing it like I do every year. So whatever it is, five 30 in the morning, I'm going to go and do it and see, I'm usually the Guinea pig for the guys who are really fit. Right. And so, because they're like, all right, if he got like five rounds, that mean that means I can get like eight. So, right. Right. So I'm usually, <laughs> gotcha. yeah, I'm usually the Guinea pig for that. But I got you. So what did you think of last week then? That last week was fun. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, and I, I laughed about last year when they put wall walks in mm-hmm. and I, I told one of our coaches, this is for every time y'all put wall walks in the warm up, And I did one instead of like the five I was right. supposed to do. So right. it's, it's payback for always skipping the warm ups. Um, but yeah, that was fun. It was, you know, you never went to failure. It was just like, Hey, how fast do you want to move? Right. And can you, can you keep the pace up? So cool. that was a fun workout. What do you think about this week's? This one's going to be interesting. It's, mm-hmm. I looked at it and I was like, yeah, maybe I can get under 10 minutes. And then I saw, uh, Medeiros and them were, uh, I don't know. They both finished. They it fin- I know they finished yeah. it, but like, you know, wasn't it? It was eight ish. I think. Or so? uh, I think Medeiros got it in seven something, yeah. and Saxon got it in eight something. Okay, so that means I'm yeah. not. I'm getting nowhere close. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so that means I won't. <laughs> I mean, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, we might have to change careers. <laughs> yeah, masters. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, oh, I'm a little ways away from masters, though. Are you? How yeah, old are you? Twenty nine. Are you really? Yeah. For some reason, I thought you were older than that. I'm, not I, that you look older. I probably, but yeah, I was going to say, I probably, I'm probably aging You've faster. just done a lot in, in 29 years. It's really yeah. cool. Well, I'll be 30. I'll be 30 in August. So if I, win, right. if I win the election, um, I'll, te- I'll win the primaries June 14th. Um, so I'll, be, I'll still be 29. 
Okay. But, um, I'll be 30 by the time I take office. Cool. So cool. I wish I could have taken office while I was in my 20s. That'd be pretty cool to say. But do you have any? If this goes well, um, first, how long is the term? So it's a four. It's a four-year term. Okay. So if yeah. this goes well, is this something that you see you could possibly? Do more of a politician thing, maybe? I, I, I don't know. I mean, that when I when I think about it like this, when I was a cop, I was thinking about being a cop. Mm-hmm. When I was uh, when in business, I'm thinking about being the best business business owner, salesman, every, manager, everything I'm trying to do. With this, I'm thinking about being the best county councilman I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not thinking about anything else. Right. I, I believe me. I don't. I, you know. I hear. William Timmons talk at a, a few things and he's like, yeah, I've slept in my bed, my own bed, probably three nights the entire year mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so hearing that, I'm like, man, I, you know, I have a family, so I really don't I, believe me. I don't have any aspirations to do something like that. If I, if I feel like there's a, there's a calling and I need to do something and I feel like I can do it where professionally where I'm good and my family life is at a point where I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, but I'm, I'm very focused on being the guest, the best County councilman I can be. So I'm not, I'm not looking anywhere past that. One more question about County council before we get yes. to rapid fire questions. How did you choose the district that you wanted to run in? That's where I live. That's where, you That's live. where I've okay. grown up. That, so, my my mom's side of the family has actually been in that been in that part of the county for several hundred years. Um, they're my they. What's used, her maiden last name? Her maiden name was Thompson. Thompson. And there's Thompsons, Neves, Morrisons, Lindsays. There, it's it branches off from there. So it's you're hard pressed to find someone up there that may or may not be related to me mm-hmm. in some way or another. Um, so it's pretty cool. Um, you know, that's it's been in my blood. Like I grew up in the mountains up there when uh, until seventh grade when we moved closer into town, mm-hmm. uh, we were in the mountains, mm-hmm. and so I I love it up there. And that's that's where me and my wife just want to keep moving farther and farther out as much <laughs> as we can. Um, but it's another thing that kind of God opened a door back in 2016. We had originally looked for houses a little bit more over on the Greer side. And we got connected with this uh, couple that was moving out of state in Traveler's Rest. We loved Traveler's Rest, but we were like, you know, couldn't find a house there. Um, we got connected through her sister, um, who was the daughter of the people who owned the house. Mm-hmm. And they let us come see the house before they sold it. Or they before they put it on the market. And he told... It, when he told me the price for it, I was like, we can't afford that. And we ended up do, running the numbers. We ended up having a better payment than the original house we had a contract on. And we and it's a bigger house. It was less things that we had to fix. It was in the area that we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And it was just God opening the door. So to be there. being there was not, you know, yeah, it, we didn't think it was going to happen. It's just the way it, it's the way God planned it. And, you know, I start figuring out, you know, running for county council in, in your local district is where exactly where I need to be. You know, there, I truly believe at the local level, you know, there has to be the next generation of our conservatives, our Christians that are in, that are bred, you know, blood and bred in this community. And we have to step up because 
if we want the values that we've had and the, that have been instilled in us by our parents, we have to see that it, we have to steward it. And mm-hmm. being blessed enough to live in that district, and it's because it's where I love and it's, it's where I love to be, where I love to be, where I want to be for the rest of my life. Um, it's a, it's a blessing and I find it, you know, a huge responsibility to make sure that we take care of it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, I don't know who would be listening to this. who couldn't appreciate something like that. Yeah. I and, hope so. That's, yeah, man. that's what I'm, I talk about it a lot and you know, and that's the reaction I get from a lot of people is, has been super positive. And you know, I, I truly, I truly believe, especially at local levels, we, we kind of lose the whole thought of career politicians and things like that. But you have, you have seats that, you know, they have, there needs to be competition for these seats, especially in politics. There's a lot of, you see it a lot in the South, especially there's a lot of, well, don't run for that seat, buddy up to the incumbent and wait till they move on or wait till they retire or move, go for another office. You know, we come from competitive backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I don't believe I don't believe that the you get the best out of something without competition. So absolutely, somebody has to have skin in the game yeah. in order to produce you yeah. know the best product. Yeah, exactly. And if you want the best leaders for your community, there has to be people running for these seats. And sometimes, you know, there hasn't there hasn't been people that run for these seats. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of crazy to think about that you have people that run unopposed every year or every time the they'll for the past two or three different times they've been up will run unopposed. That's not how our community should be. We, if, if you have people running for these seats and you have multiple people running for these seats, that's awesome. That means people are bought in mm-hmm. and that means people are that, that people care. So, you know, I've had overwhelmingly has been super positive, but the, you know, the little sprinkles of negativity I've gotten in is, well, you know, shouldn't you wait? And I'm, I'm thinking, no, I mean, if we want the best for our community, we should want bought in people that have skin in the game that want to see our community be the best place it can possibly be. Right. So, you know, that's why I'm, that, that's what it all comes back to. And I think, I think a good leader um, should want to see the generation behind them yeah. do better than they did. So if there is a leader out there who has been doing this for a long time, it should, they should look at it as an honor to groom a younger person like yourself well, to take over. You know, and I, and I, you know, I definitely respect the service, especially the guy I'm, I'm running against. Great guy. He's mm-hmm. been, he's been in the office for a lot, for a really long time. Yeah. And I completely respect that service. Like we need people that are committed. Right. And that's, that's the epitome of being committed. But at the same time, like if we don't, if, if not, if not now, then when? Right. And you know, it's the, I don't know if you know, Lieutenant Travis Mannion, he was a KIA and Marine in, in uh, Iraq. But one of his quotes that his, his family runs a, a foundation in his honor now. And his quote that, um, that they, that they live by is if not me, then who? Mm-hmm. And that's something that has, has stuck in my, stuck in my brain since I've heard it because it's such an excuse to cop out sometimes to say, well, you know, somebody else will do it. Somebody else, somebody else. And it's always somebody else. Well, let's what are, stop looking at some point. You got to stop looking for leadership and become one. You right. Know? Yep. And so I always think about that. If not me, then who? So that at the end of the day, I'm not, this isn't any kind of attack on anybody of like, Hey, that person's bad or this, or, you know, whatever it's, 
I want to see our community taken care of. I want to see Greenville be even better for my daughter and my future kids than it was for me. Right. So if we want our values to be taken care of and carried on to our generations that are coming behind us, it's got to start now. I mean, think about these last two years. We None of us thought in spring of 2020, we didn't know what, what America we were going to be left with. Right. And, you know, we're, we're up against it now. I mean, the world in general is just... It's like, what's going to happen next? Right. But, you know, it starts, it starts here. What can you do? Well, that's, you know, it's, it's super encouraging to hear all that. Um, especially, you know, myself being a father and thinking about my kids' futures. It's nice to hear that there's people like yourselves, um, and a lot of people like you who are stepping up to the plate and taking the reins and moving, you know, moving us forward. Yeah. Um, and setting our, you know, kids generations up, yeah. which is, which is the goal. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, my dad always said, you know, my goal for you is to surpass what I've done mm-hmm. in life. And that's what I want for my boys too. Yeah. And I know that's what you want for not only your daughter, but the next generation yeah. for your daughter's, you know, generations. Yeah, no, well. absolutely. All right, absolutely. dude, let's move on to the most fun part of the podcast. Rapid fire questions. All right. All right. So these best. are just like. Random questions I'm going to throw out. You spit them back. So we'll start with um, cake or pie. Uh, probably going cake. Probably going cake. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, if you had a prepaid black card that I give you right now, and you and your wife um, were going to go to the airport, GSP, no COVID restrictions, no um, disgruntled dis- you know, no yeah. European things going on right yeah. now. Russia, um, for a week's vacation, all expenses paid. Where would you go? So I know she. We would probably do one of two. It'd either be Turks and Caicos, because that's like her dream, or somewhere in Italy. Cool. So yeah, the Russo. Be, yeah, yeah, so got she, you. And she's a her maiden name is Pincaro. Hey, so all right. She's uh, her very Italian on her side. I'm a little bit of everything, really. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, yeah, we get a lot of Italian food. All right. Perfect. Um, if you had a Saturday to yourself and I don't think you're this type of guy, I know I'm not, I, I don't, I could never sit in front of a TV for three hours, but let's just say it was a rainy day. You're sick. You don't have any work to catch up on your kid and your, your daughter and your wife are gone. And you had to binge on a TV show. Which one would it be? Oh, geez, we watched the most random things. Like I watch like episodes of old episodes of King of the Hill. Yeah, like randomly. Uh-huh. And um, right now she's she's watching like an old sitcom. But geez, I don't know. For, I mean, Seinfeld is one of my is is a classic like kind of go to. I, I can throw any episode of Seinfeld on and just let it go. Good. So I could sit there and watch Seinfeld. That's solid. Yeah. All right. Um, if you were to work out with a CrossFit Games athlete and then had to go get coffee with them afterwards and hang out, who would it be? Oh man, I got a, I got a few favorites for sure. I mean, Rich Froning, kind of the kind of the go to. Yeah. I mean, he's he's like the best, and he's. I want to go to Tennessee so bad to see if I can like bump into him. Uh-huh. But I mean, I'd, I'd love to hang out with Matt. Um, Frazier's awesome. Um, I, I miss Alex Anderson. He was a beast. He was a beast. I and know. He, he's kind of underappreciated. He was. Um, but he was a beast. And um, 
really any of those three. There, I'm sure there's probably somebody I'm missing. I love I love Fikowski and Belner. Mm-hmm. Those those are all aw- those are awesome dudes, and I know, um, I know Noah Olson's pretty cool. So yeah. I would really any of those guys. Well, you know, um, Alex Anderson's brother wrestled over at Anderson. Do you really? Yeah. Well, and I, funny enough, we. So I got dragged to do a competition with my older brother when I was like five months into CrossFit. Okay. And the first workout was 185 pound thrusters oh, um, no. with box jumps. Oh no! And I had practiced them, and I mean, I could, you know, I was relatively strong. So, was, but I mean, it was like singles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was getting trashed. But one of there was an Anderson there. Yeah. One of the one of the brothers was there. So it was pretty watching him work out. I was like, man, I am nowhere near that, and yeah. he's not even like the, you know, he's not even the best brother, right? So yeah, those guys are beasts. Yeah. All right, let's see here. Um, if you had, you went out to dinner in Greenville for a date night. What restaurant are you guys going to? Oh, we have a few favorites. You um, got to pick one. Oh man, that's tough. Um, I mean, you can't beat the st- a steak at Halls. I mean, uh-huh. that's like, especially if Im not paying. right, <laughs> that's, right. That's, like, <laughs> that's where you want to go. Uh, when Kanto in downtown Greer, if you haven't been there, it's it is Italian approved because my my father-in-law will not eat other people's Italian food. Really? Because he's very, yeah, he's he, very you know, he picky, makes yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's very he makes amazing food, but that is approved. It is when Kanto in Gre- downtown Greer is amazing. That's a new place downtown Greer. It, it's been there for like, a little while, a little bit. Not more than a year. No, though. I think or two than, years. Yeah, more than a year. Really? Probably, probably at least two. Okay. Two or three. Um, it's awesome. All you right. got it. You got to go. That or uh, strip club grill one hundred and four. Yeah. Um, that's like, I mean, that's a that's a go to for us too. I mean, we love that place. All right. So, what's your go to um, dessert? No caloric reservations. I don't have many caloric reservations anyway, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> I have a I have a sweet tooth, like bad sweet tooth, so uh-huh. I can eat just it, it, you put dessert in front of me, I'm gonna eat it. Um, that's that's a hard choice, um, but cheesecake, yeah, cheesecake, cheesecake is good. Cheesecake's good. All right, perfect. Yeah. Um. All right. Last question. We I've asked pretty much everybody this question. Who's into CrossFit? You are in contention for the podium at the CrossFit Games. There's two other guys who are in contention with you. Who do you want those two other guys to be against? Like you three are definitely going to go podium, yeah. and you're going for first place. And it's it's anybody like anybody. That's it. it doesn't even have to be CrossFit. Yeah, I mean it'd have to be if if you if you won a competition with with Matt Frazier and Rich Froning in it, that'd be like the epitome. So yeah. if I was first place and they were like second and third. That I mean, that's what that means. You, you know, you're that means that's a that legitimate you, win. Yeah, that, that <laughs> means you you be the best of the best. So I it have that. to be Rich and Matt. I think that's the um, best answer we've ever had on here. Hey, because you know I what? agree. I agree a hundred percent with that. If you win, you want to beat the best. That's right. You know, that's right. Like Matt Fraser said, he's he said if if I win, I want to make sure like you gave everything you had. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you beat Matt and Rich, you did it. Awesome. All right, so people who are listening, how do they follow you and how do they follow your campaign? So follow the campaign, Facebook and Instagram. Everything's at Vote Joey Russo. Vote Joey Russo. Um, Joey Russo for can- uh, for county council on Facebook, but if you search you know, Vote Joey Russo, it's going to come up. VoteJoeyRusso.com. 
it, um, that's the website. It's got my campaign announcement video. It's got other things that, you know, some of my platform things. Um, the biggest thing that I will get and uh, that people will get very mad at me if I don't mention, please, the donate tab is at the top right. Okay. Campaigns cost money and my business, my, by my business cannot fund this. Mm -hmm. So it's not, I'm not the kind you know, and I'm 29, I'm building a family, you know, I'm not this, I didn't wait till I was 55 and had all the money in the bank I needed, you know, raising money is huge. And, uh, governor McMaster, I was at an event with, um, that he was at and he spoke and he said, there's two types of politicians in the world. One, uh, those that ask for money and those that lose. <laughs> so <laughs> I, so I had, I, I, really hate considering myself a politician that's not what i am i'm i'm just i'm a i'm a husband i'm a father run a business um i want to be a public servant i really don't consider myself a politician don't ever want to don't ever want to um but to run a successful campaign it's just like a business you got to have some money behind you to be able to pay for mailers signs events mm -hmm. things to get in front of voters um, so we need, so we need donations. Um, there's, you know, the top right, uh, is the online donation tab. Um, and then it's our PO box, uh, is listed on the website as well to, to send checks in. My phone number is on the website, but it, I, I, it's, it's public knowledge. So I can put it on here. Sure. It's 864-631-7486. If you want to talk about my campaign, if you want to ask me questions and if you want to donate anything like that, my cell phone's available. Um, so you, um, please, you know, feel free to get in touch with me. Uh, please support. We need it. Um, this is, you know, it means the world, uh, to me to have people support what, what I'm doing and what the mission is, because at the end of the day, it's, it's not about me. It never will be about me. I when when, and if I win, this seat will not be mine. This seat, it belongs to the people of our community and I'm here to represent that. That's awesome, man. I appreciate everything you just said, not just in the last two minutes, but in this entire episode. I really think it speaks volumes of your character. Um, and the county of Greenville, would it would be a privilege for it to have someone like yeah. you um, on the board for sure. Uh, and I, I feel very comfortable saying that you have our support. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a privilege. Uh, it's an honor. It's humbling for sure, uh, to be considered, uh, worthy of being able to do this. And, you know, it's something I, I definitely don't take lightly and it's, um, you know, it's an honor for sure. So awesome. I'm excited. All right, guys. So you heard it. Vote for Joey Russo. Yep. District 17. District 17. Green, Greenville, Greenville County. Yeah. Greenville County Council. All right. And shout out to Swamp Rabbit for producing an awesome athlete. Hey, uh, hey, just av very, very average athlete. I'm like this, the middle of the pack. I'm not, uh, believe me, my physical attributes or anything like that are like, uh, my name's Joey for a reason. I'm average Joe. Average like exactly Joe, right. right there in the middle. He's everybody. being modest, you guys. Yeah. He's being modest. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time thanks. out of your night to come with us thanks, and talk. Man. I appreciate you. Yeah, me. man. Y'all heard it here on the Apogee Fitness Podcast. <laughs>